What is up, pumpers? Today, Lady Shona joins us to talk about her horses and using their balls for earrings. We also talk about other topics related to craziness, such as mental health, online bullying, stalking, dating, and much more. Let's do this. Lady Shona, welcome to the Comedy Pump Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice to meet yeah. you. <laughs> and you. I'm so glad that I've managed to press record now after half an hour of recording nothing. <laughs> well, it's a good chance, job that you didn't press record like straight away because all these amazing secrets that you gave out were just wild, like all the amazing gigs and how to get booked by them and you know what promoters are looking for and how to you know be the most attractive man in the whole world and or the most attractive woman in the whole world all those secrets went out and i suppose don't that, tell anyone <laughs> i suppose now you're recording you're not going to go over that again are you no i'm definitely not you can take that to your grave well, it was the most useful information. <laughs> Sean, I've been checking out your videos online, um, and you, your comedy is uh, quite resonant with my own humour, and, and you remind me of my daughter, uh, who is also a little bit crazy. Um, not saying that you're crazy, but I'm just glad that you're not uh, posh, like your name might suggest, even though you own horses. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about your horses, actually. Why? Why, why do you have horses? I've, I love my horses. Um, other women will go and have a glass of wine. My thing is going for a wee ride on my pony. They've got, they're just like dogs, except they poop more. It's really not I've that much. I've ridden a donkey once. Does that count? It does. It does. But watch nobody catches you because that sort of thing's outlawed now. I totally love um, all of my horses. My main horse I've got just now is Cookie, and she's like the Bob Marley of horses. She's so laid back. She's even got like dreadlocks in her hair. Got to brush it all out. And she's just like the most chilled pony ever, and she's my soulmate. And we had a baby foal in the summer, and it's like the cutest thing ever. Do you feed her weed? She eats a lot of grass, Grant. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, yeah. She's like, uh, I'm not coming in from the field. There's pure... I can't even do like a, a Bob Marley <laughs> accent I was going for there. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. I'm just going to come across as a pure racist, so we'll not go there. How many horses like, yeah, I'm not have? Coming in. Um, At the moment, I've got one. I had another one that my daughter used, but it's kind of it passed away. So my daughter's got two of her own now. She's an adult, and my mum's got four. Uh, my mum doesn't keep well, so I spend a lot of time sometimes looking after hers. And one of my mums had a baby foal in the summer, and uh, we just had to get his balls off. Do you know you've got to take their balls off if you have a little boy one, so it doesn't get everything in the field pregnant. 
What, like with garden shears or something? Well, you could, but we just got the vet to do it. <laughs> oh, okay. The poor man. I mean, it must be a really rubbish job for him coming out and being like, I'm removing Sounds this expensive. portion. <laughs> it's quite expensive. There, there is more expensive operations. Do you know they do it when they're still awake? They don't even put them to sleep for it. Well, and, it's only a heart. Thought what would be really funny is if he would let me keep the testicles, right, and make them into <laughs> little earrings. And then every right. time my daughter met a new man or like, and I was worried if she was male or a new woman because my daughter is quite, um, I think she's pansexual, so it could go either way. But I thought if it was a male she was dating, I could wear the little earrings, and then I could be like, it could be like a mother-in-law threat without me actually saying anything. Right. How do you like my horse balls? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it didn't work because the vet insisted on taking them away. He said they were too big for earrings. <laughs> okay. <Man. laughs> I wouldn't mind some horse ball earrings. I, I think it could be a thing. Um, we're in this horse world of recycle reuse, aren't we? And it would just yeah, be like indeed. environmentally friendly. And they're organic as well, so... They're not like vegan, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, true. Pansexual. Uh, do you, did you say your daughter's pansexual? Yes, yeah, she is. She's pansexual. Did, what does that mean again? Did, does that mean that you just like who you like and that's it? Yeah, like, I think the difference between a bisexual and a pansexual is that a pansexual's like, more attracted to personality and things like that, but they can oft, often be attracted to even transsexual people. Right. She's in a relationship with a man at the moment, mm -hmm. and uh, he's lovely. He's a really nice guy. It's a long-term relationship. Before that, she always dated women. She had great taste in women. And, she, you know, she's with somebody that loves her and respects her, and that's all you give a shit about as a parent, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, the, you gonna... know what? I don't care who she wants to be in a relationship with because her sexuality was never relevant to me as a mum because I never really had any intention of shagging her anyway. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I agree with. Um, I, you know, you like who you like. You you're with who you want to be with, and it doesn't matter about the labels, does it? No, but that's what I like about dogs and horses. They don't do labels. They just told. They don't need told this person's this or this person's that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A dog will lick anyone's balls. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they will. As long as you put on enough peanut butter first. <laughs> yeah, of course. And how did you so research what? that to find it out? Um, I just heard through the grapevine. Um, no personal experience there whatsoever. Um, now I'm not crossing my fingers. <laughs> so how did you get into comedy? Um, my friends wanted to go to a comedy course. It was being run by the fabulous Raymond Mearns. He's a really good guy. Um, and my friend didn't have the confidence to go herself. She's got an anxiety thing where she's going out, she needs somebody to take her. So I said I'd chum her to the first one and uh, stay with her and then she could manage herself for the rest. And I ended up absolutely loving it and I just kept on going. Have you ever done karaoke? No, I can't sing. I have actually, but I can't sing. It's not pleasant. Right, because I'm kind of... I'm likening it to doing a karaoke because you've got to get up and put yourself forward with a microphone and get judged from people who's listening. 
and I've done karaoke, but I've not done comedy. I can sing a little bit here and there, apparently. Some people like my stuff. <laughs> uh, but I've not done comedy uh, on a microphone in front of an audience. I do yeah, like I- the idea, but it's not something that I feel driven to do. But I definitely want to promote comedy because I think it's important to spread the best medicine. Laughter is the best medicine. And let's heal the world. That's That's my thing. And that's the whole yeah. reason why I'm doing the Comedy Pump podcast is to help spread comedy and promote comedy and improve people's lives, not just for the comedians, but for the listeners and everyone. So that's the whole reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's interesting you should say that. I saw women doing a thing recently that was just amazing, and I'm trying to remember which comedian it was now. And she was doing this amazing thing of taking comedy into care homes for people with dementia because mm-hmm. laughter is the best medicine. And there was loads of comedians coming forward and volunteering to do it, give up their time for right. free. And I thought, that's a beautiful idea, a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. I was actually, I was playing with the idea of um, any sponsorships I might get from the podcast of contributing a certain portion towards mental health uh, charities, stuff like that. I'm still playing around with the idea, uh, but I'm hoping something will transpire in the future. I don't have a plan for that, but it's just an idea at the minute. Um, some oh, my God, I love that idea so much. I'm yeah. thinking about that sort of thing as well. About Nowadays, I was just speaking to my friend this morning about how mental health is like the Black Plague of our time era. Yeah. Because like, we've had the Black Plague, and I don't think it's because younger people – nowadays get a lot of flack and there's snowflakes for being weak and all of that and I think that's all the rubbish I think that the reality is that people there's higher expectations placed on people now um mm. it used to be well you know as a woman my role 100 years ago would be look after the kids keep the house and uh you know make keep sure my husband and my kids were all kept and that's all I had to worry about now I've got to I've got all these expectations of I've got to have a career, I've got to, you know, aspire in all these different areas as well as doing what was expected 100 years ago. And men are the same. We've all got to be superheroes now. And we've got all these aspirations on the media and TV and social media we didn't have before. And we've just got this mental health pandemic. And it's I've got this great idea that I'd love to put into practice, though. Um, when you see... a I think social media billions a lot of it. Have you seen a lot of social media billion yourself? Billion? Yeah, online billion. Oh, bullying. I thought you meant bullying, like gold bullion. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, um, I, I'm aware of it, of course, yeah. Um, I think there's a massive amount of depression going on mm-hmm. um, and social media is not helping especially with the bullying um, and the PTSD as well with like soldiers yeah. and, and so on. All of that is, you know, I think in today's age, there's so much going on that people as humans, we, we have trouble keeping up with it all and it's causing issues faster than we can resolve the problems. Um, so that's why I wanted to support the mental health charities. Um, I think that's a great yeah, idea. The one thing I'd like to yeah. see 
It's a lot of the time. I don't know. I think it's maybe because I'm in the comedy world and comedians can be pretty horrible to each other. I see a lot of online bullying, and I think that a lot of the time, the silent majority will see online bullying and think that is horrific. That's not on, and they don't say things a lot of the time because they don't know what to say or how to word it, or they don't want to get involved in an argument. It's not their cup of tea um, to get involved in that, but they do want to support the person being bullied. And I thought, there's a little emoji, right? If you look at your emojis where all your smiley faces are, there's one or two people holding hands. And see if whenever you saw somebody being internet bullied, you just put that little emoji up. And what Mm -hmm. it would represent is, I'm standing beside the person who's getting bullied. I think it's wrong. You're not going into the rights and wrongs and whose side you're taking. And you're not going into the whole thing about, you know, the argument Sometimes somebody can say something that's wrong and it's still wrong to attack them and bully them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if everybody did that, that could be a wee thing. Because if you knew, if you were bullying somebody and you saw actually they're standing beside, it's a really powerful thing if you see somebody bullied to go and stand next to them, either physically in person. You don't have to say anything. You can just go and be with that person. And if it's online, you could put the little stand beside you emoji up. I love that idea. So <laughs> that, 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 that's happening right now, is it? No, it's just an idea idea? I had in my head. I don't know how to make it happen. Oh, that could be so viral. Yeah. Yeah? That could be viral, yeah, for sure. I just started watching um, a thing on Netflix called Don't Fuck With Cats, um, where they hunt an internet killer. This guy puts these kittens into a, a, a plastic bag and uses a hoover to suck the air out and kills the cats. And then they started a group to try and find this guy. Um, I haven't watched it all yet, but um, it's kind of like it's like the same thing. You know, you, you find a bunch of people that's passionate about making things right, and you know, amazing things can happen. That's the power of social media. I'm actually interested to watch the end of that. To, I'm sure the guy must get found, but um, what a prick! Maybe Can they'll cat. put him in a little vacuum bag and suck all the air out, and it'll be a huge, <laughs> yeah. big, like monster cat, and it'll click the button. <laughs> He's uh, like, I'm really sorry. I'll give you more cat treats if you don't press the button anymore. No, but I mean, and they'll be like, meow, yeah, because all cats are psychopaths. <laughs> no, uh, the amount of things that go viral that are just so stupid, you know. And if you've got something that people can get behind, you know, a reason to be passionate, then that could propel it way further than just the stupid Chewbacca mask video or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested what you've said about the viral thing because I'm not good at social media. I'm not good at social media or self-promotion or how to make something that would go there, but I'd love to get my message out. So I'm going to have a wee Google later on, I think, and have a think about it. Well, I'm actually constructing just now a course because I used to have a podcast, the Online Business Ninja podcast, which was teaching people about how to make money online. But every man and his dog is doing that. So I, I shut that down to start the Comedy Pump podcast. And I'm helping comedians do the same thing. And in, oh the, background, in the background, I'm helping them sort out their social media and, and all of that stuff. So at the moment, I'm building a course that I can give to comedians, basically that helps them pimp their social profiles. And um, when it comes to viral videos, there's actually um, – there is a, a system 
that you can follow to help make something viral. It's oh, not really? Always, yeah, I think a lot of comedians have, have been desperate for something like this. They have expressed interest in the past. I would mm-hmm. definitely sign up. How would I sign up for that? Um, I don't have the subscription service set up yet. Um, well, you're useless. But, uh, <laughs> thanks very much. I hear that oh, often, you know. <laughs> yeah, my missus says that to me a lot. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It sounds a marvellous thing. Um... No. Um, I, I, I have to put together the coursework, and in order to do that, I'm still researching the information that comedians need the most, like what you're saying about making things viral. I have information how to make things viral, although my research in the past 10 years is the people that have done it themselves, they're making six, seven figures sometimes per month, um, and they know what they're doing. So I, I take well, that... Have you, looked at, have you looked at comedians who have... Some comedians, um, I've got a really lot of stick because what they've done is they've came into the comedy world and they've been like, do you know what? I'm not getting treated well here. I'm not getting a lot of opportunities. I'm going to make my own magic happen. And then they've gone off and they've done that and they've got a lot of stick for it, but they have been super successful. I can think of a few examples of that. And they've got their own big following and they don't have to give a crap about what anybody's saying about how, you know... Selling out. So, if you looked at like D Maxwell's one, she's done amazing. Aim at building her own following. Mm-hmm. I've not, no. But I, I get the idea from listening to other comedians and other podcasts that comedians have a hard time. They travel into places uh, at great expense and at great hardship to do a gig for next to no money and at, at risk to, you know, um, sucking uh, or whatever, you know, it's it's tough basically, you know, yeah. you comedians know what I'm talking about here and and I feel for you guys because you're trying to do a really good thing and you're also trying to put yourself forward in a vulnerable way so that you can help people with how they feel and, and one of my mottos is it's all about how you make them feel mm. yeah and that, Do you and know that, what's amazing that, about what you're saying is some of the comedians that have gone viral, if you look at the comments from people that follow them, there's mm-hmm. there's some quite powerful messages that are expressing your sentiment and kind of affirming your theory and they say things like, my mental health's been so bad and watching you gives me a lift. Yeah. Um, things along that lines, or I can't get out to gigs, but the fact that I can keep in touch on social media has given me the kind of giving me the drive to want to get out to come to a gig and it's you know it's my antidepressant to come and watch this stuff i've seen that written on different people's different comedians that have a big following site i hear you it's not just about doing gigs though um i've got information about how to do ebooks how to sell on social media and all that so if you're a writer or whatever that you don't have to be doing stand-up you know there's all sorts of comedy out there for bloggers and uh, offers and, and all of this. And I've got information that can help all those as well. So it's not just strictly stand-up stuff. I know that people, they go on podcasts and they look for comedy and they want to hear some stand-up jokes. They just want to hear some comedian go on about some funny shit. But 
it's not just that, you know, there's people that just like to read, there's people that just like to listen, there's people that like to watch videos, and I've got information on all of that, YouTube, um, Facebook. I think that's brilliant. I think there's a lot of people that can't get out to gigs, whether it be childcare, disability, living rural. Yeah. Yep. I love so all the things I, that you're talking about. I, I'm going to put together a complete course so that people can cherry pick the information that they want that can help them. It's not going to be one of these sort of like, you have to do this, you have to do that. I'll just put out all the information that I've learned over the last 10 years on online business stuff, but I'll, I'll be serving comedians and I'll put it in that light so that it will be sort of like heard by the right target market, by the right audience, which is comedians. Um, I chose wow. to work with comedians because when I was doing the online business stuff, I learned that you have to craft the right message to the right audience or people won't hear you and you, you won't you won't grow. Like there's every man and his dog is trying to teach people how to make money online. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of them suck. And a lot of them are just copying other people's stuff and just putting out there trying to make some money. But I've been following like literally the world's best people that are proven to be the highest earners, the highest results in following and all of that. And it's not just about likes. It's about actual money made. You know, um, I've followed Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels, Tony Robbins. And I love life coaching. I used to do a bit of life coaching. I started off as a dating coach. That's wow. where I started from. Yeah. Um, and there was I, a couple I of guys at a gig I was at on Tuesday that totally needed your services, Grant. <laughs> hey, all guys need my services. <laughs> Are you a rent boy too? <laughs> um, I can't be if the money's right. <laughs> I'm only kidding there was these two guys and they actually met each other it was like an incel support group one was right. like um, he was following me so I sat down bes beside this guy I didn't know and I moved his backpack I knew he was another comedian I was like look I'm going to sit next to you because that guy's following me and he was like no bother and we were chatting away and then he came into the room ranting and he was going all these women in here are shit they won't speak to me they're all sluts and bitches <laughs> And I was like, wow, that's so full on. What a smooth. And, um, <laughs> yeah, he needs all the coaching he can get. Mm. That would be a challenge. It would be hard material to work with. Like, <laughs> no. And you might not no. want him getting too many women, to be fair. Dating um, is like business, you know. Um, you have to actually like your customers <laughs> and give a shit about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you'd be yeah. worried if you did actually get a woman to go home where I'm giving the sentiments he's expressed. See people like that, they're addicted to porn. That's the problem. Really? Well, of course, yeah. The, the, if they get their How education... How did you get from A to B on that? A to B. If they get their education so that then they come out and be like, yo, bitch, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Get on your knees and suck my dick. Uh, do you think they learned that from a noble area or from some oh. internet bullshit? Yeah, probably. I'm not talking probably. for the alphas here. Alphas just don't give a fuck, and you know they'll do they'll do what they do. But most guys are beta males, and they'll just try and find what works from the alphas and try and copy that. But it won't work for them because they're not alpha. 
See what I'm saying? They don't genuinely. Yeah, like they're not being they themselves. Yeah, exactly. They're not genuinely being alphas. They're copying alphas, and it comes across that way as well. So that's why it doesn't work. Do you know my little pet name for my partner? I call him either my handsome prince or my king of everything, because he really is absolutely my king of everything. And do you want to know? And people all say, how do I get to be somebody's king? That's so amazing. You just adore him, and you call him your king. And do you know the reason that I call him a king isn't because of any great chat upline or any sweeping me off my feet kind of stuff. It's that he treats me like absolutely amazing, like with kindness and thoughtfulness and like he's so respectful. He so he supports me and encourages me with everything I want to do. Um and that's what makes him my king. It's not that he's got some amazing chat up line and he knows when to wink at me at the right bit. It's that, yeah. you know, if I he's say it, I want to go and do this. Yeah, he's not oh, a player. he's totally not a player. Yeah. Oh. That's the thing. Um, when I got into the dating coaching, at first I discovered some, um, like, pickup artist material, which was great. Um, but I thought it's not... It doesn't allow you to keep your integrity because you're using canned lines and tricks and NLP and hypnosis and all this kind of weird shit. And you're not I being yourself. I think that's yourself. so creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it might work. And there, there's probably guys out there that probably maybe that's the only way they can get laid. But if you want to find someone special to be with long term, you have to be yourself. And ultimately... So definitely. Ultimately, if you if you're going down the path of learning about relationships, dating, and all of that, you will come. Whether you're a newbie or a pickup artist, you will come full circle to realize that you must be yourself. Totally, That's totally. It. And people don't understand. They say, "Oh, how do I get a good woman? Be yourself. Oh, how do I do? How do I be myself? Right? Okay. Stop following all these pickup artists. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, just be it's you. It's so strange because <laughs> when me and my partner were getting together, I thought that he was a sleazebag and I, very, I came very close to blocking his number because I thought this guy's married or this guy's got a wife and kids. Because he kept cancelling dates for really rubbish reasons, like my mum's got right. a cold. And Did I thought, care? yeah, yeah. And I thought, no, what it was was his mum was actually really ill and he was caring for her, and a cold, when you're, she was get, getting cancer treatment, it would have made, you know, she really did need somebody to stay with her. Right. And I was had him down as a total player, and then I would never, ever have gone out on a date with him after that, and I thought, I'm just going to block his number, and I hadn't quite got round to it, and he phoned, and I picked up, and he said, look, I'm going to phone you and do this the old-fashioned way, I so want a date with you, this is what's been going wrong. He was just so blunt and so honest with me. And I fell. In, I looked in his eyes, and I went on the first date with him, and I, I fell in love with him. Looking at like on our first date because he was just talking about. Um, he was just genuinely himself, and he was just genuinely like, "I've got no aspirations of ever being a millionaire." And he was talking about his mum in such a way that was so respectful and nice and caring. And I saw that whole side of him, and it made me just. I thought, "How is nobody loving you already?" And the big test that I gave, gave men when I was dating them was I would ask them what happened with their ex. And if they use a word like, oh, she's a psycho, 
that means we're gaslighting them. If they use a word like bitch or slut, they don't know how to respect women. His answer that he gave was, it just didn't work out. She's a really lovely woman. I would always support her if I could, but we just grew apart and it didn't work anymore. And I thought, you're a good man. You're a good man. You know how to respect the women. You're a, mm-hmm. And I just totally fell in love with him. <laughs> yeah, I was putty in oh. his hands after that. So that's, oh, I don't know if that's going to help anyone with dating advice. No, of course. Yeah, no, there's a lot of women have issues that are why do I always attract the wrong guys? Well, you, you're attracted to confident alphas, but you don't have to go after confident guys that are assholes. You can go after, you know, confident guys that are just nice. Do you know what I mean? But it, it, I think there's there's a, definitely a path that you have to go along. There's no one path to get there. Everyone's got their own learning curve and depends where you are. You know, you, you can start off at the bottom. You can start off halfway up. doesn't matter. But you're still going to learn and have to learn the, the lessons that you need to to get to where you're going. And it's weird because you don't actually find the one until you get to the point where you've kind of given up because you tried everything so else. So true. Yeah. So, so true. I wasn't really – I had given up. Um, I had a really interesting conversation with a woman at Women's Aid um, and she was talking about how if you suffer abuse in childhood, you're more likely to be abused in adult life and meet and tolerate a man that's abusive and there's Mm. a pattern and it's because it's all you think you're worth and you're tolerating it and attracting it and things like that. And if you resign yourself to I'd rather not be with anybody kind of thing or you and you begin to know your own value by taking time out for yourself and know how you're worth being treated that's when you'll meet your king or your queen yeah yeah of course when you're young um you, you develop habits and ways of thinking which the younger you are the more solid they become in your brain um so it's harder to change those patterns when you're older but mm-hmm. you can, if you understand how the brain works. Um, now, I'm not speaking for people's own personal karma, because, you know, you might be destined to have a life full of shit relationships. And, you know, I'm going to sign a disclaimer to say, you know, get on, <laughs> do what you got to do. But th- there is there is patterns that you can change. And when you're talking about, um, you know, abuse from the past and stuff. Um, it made me think about people's entitlement, which I thought was a very important lesson I learned um, with the dating coaching because if you sort of see someone that you think that you like, but you don't feel that you deserve to be with them, that you don't feel that you're entitled to be with them, mm-hmm. it won't happen. But if you feel entitled, then it will happen. And that doesn't matter... Not as entitled as that guy in that club, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, he he felt pretty entitled, yeah, but he didn't have the other other bits of chemistry and stuff in place. (laughs) For real, yeah. Yeah. No, but entitlement, not just in dating, but that's true in all things in life. If you don't feel entitled to something, you will just subconsciously not allow yourself to be in that situation. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But when you get to a point where you feel entitled, like you deserve love, 
you deserve to be respected and all of that, and you expect it, then, yeah. you know, you, you've set the path there. So well, how the fuck have we got on to dating and stuff? We're supposed to be talking about comedy. <laughs> all comedians talk yeah. about dating. I've got yeah, this male do. character act I've been doing lately, and right. it's basically a caricature, a caricature, I can't even say it, of right. um, all that sh- like all that song um he's he's basically a character of the worst man in the world and he's basically like really sleazy and he does a standard white male 25 year old comedy set and he talks about dating internet dicks and and we're doing it we're doing it we're talking about internet dating we're talking about (laughs) do you do impressions or what's that like what sorry do you do impressions or what, what are you talking about here do, yeah, it's basically just an impression. I don't normally do impressions. I just randomly right. had made this male character up when I was at a gig one night and I happened to have a fake beard on me, as you do. <laughs> yeah, I hate when that happens, but yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. What's your character's name? Weirdy Beardy George. Do you want me to see if I can find my beard and I'll let you meet him? Uh, that would be nice, yeah. Right. <laughs> I need the beard. Well, I don't think you're the kind of man that'll get on with your dear beardy George. I think you'll find them a little bit vile. Maybe. Um, maybe. And I'll go down the stairs. Do you want to see Molly while I'm looking for my beard? Um, what's Molly? Oh, Molly the dog. Hello, Molly. Yeah. Where's Molly? <laughs> I don't know if you can see her. Yeah. yeah. She's a big white German shepherd. She looks sheared. She looks, like she, she looks like she's had some sheep shearing going on. Yeah, she's absolutely <laughs> enormous, but she's a big bundle of cuddle. Right, I've got my beard. Um, I, th- I think you'll like him. Well, for shooting in the head anyway. Uh, right, I'll be beardy beardy George, and you can give me dating co- advice, right? Oh, oh, I'm not doing well. <laughs> In fact, Beardy Beardy George might have left his belly out. <laughs> hey, George. All right. I'm Weirdy Beardy George. And, eh, uh, <laughs> I, um, women, what are they like, eh? So I was just sitting and, eh, uh, I'll want to hear all about your internet dating because, oh, women are so hard now. Like, I was, this woman was saying to me, George, I don't know to date you because, like, you're a pure misogynist. At least I think that's what she was saying. I was too busy looking at her tits. It was some nonsense <laughs> like that. So how could I get a bit better with it? Move out of Glasgow. I <laughs> because they're all like, George, you have to be respectful of women. And I'm like, oh, I'm so respectful of women. Um, just until I get their knickers off. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I love you, George. You're amazing. Can you teach me some stuff? Oh, wow. I should bring you to my incel support group. It's on a Thursday night at 10 o'clock, and we just sit there and talk about how they're all just sluts and bitches and stuff. Um, I I like to do a bit of casual homophobia and racism too. You know, it's, oh, God, the world's politically correct. It's all gone mad. Um, I just don't know why they don't let me say these things anymore. You're definitely from Glasgow. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the world's gone mad. It's so politically correct. I was just innocently minding my own business, making some passive 
aggressive comments about homosexuality the other day. And uh, this woman says, look, you need to stop being so angry towards all gay people, George. It's clearly, you know, it's, it's really wrong. And uh, I was furious because she was only saying that because she caught me wanking to gay porn in the toilets, you see. And uh, I, it was purely for research purposes. Of course, I believe you. I don't think. And it's not else because will. I'm in the closet that I'm angry to all go gay people. That's no, that's a total fallacy. No. Of course. So, do you like cocks? Uh, oh, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, gigs lined up, George? Well, you know, um, I'm a straight white male comedian, so I'll get all the gigs ever. They'll be like, we can't get enough of you. Because, you know, it's not like you're going to... I'm going to be a bit different, a bit edgy, you know. Uh, I call white straight comedians, or I would like to do that kind of thing. I'll start off, um, you know... Oh, the women love me. Oh, wow. I'm a, I don't know how I'm not drowning in Fanny myself. <laughs> I think I do. <laughs> I, so, uh, I, I should come to the internet dating because my parole officer says, he says that, you know, I've been out of jail and I'm, I'm, I'm never going to quite be off the register because the world's gone mad with political correctness. But uh, I could maybe think about getting a date you know, now I don't have to sign on the register as much. I think you could easily get a date, George, in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I've met George at a few of my gigs. Have you? <laughs> What's he like? <laughs> he was standing outside my fringe venue last year. Right. And he... Uh, I handed them a flyer and I said, comedy in five minutes. And he went, oh, I'll come in you in five minutes. <laughs> and I was horrified and I was like, gonna no. And he was like, that's really funny. I'm coming to see you. Five minutes and is a long time. <laughs> I don't think George has ever lasted five minutes at anything. No, you know what I mean? So, no. no. And he came in. And he was making really sexually inappropriate comments throughout the whole thing. Really? And uh, eventually I was like, right, you sleazy dirty bastard, going to just fuck pure off. And he came, he was shouting at me after the gig because apparently his wife wasn't talking to him um, because of me. Because it was my fault that he was sexually harassing me. Yeah, so I've met George. <laughs> <laughs> you really need your help on how to approach women. Well, give give him my email address and make sure you misspell it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shona, as a comedian and a promoter, I've noticed you have a website with your own okay. material, which is awesome, ladyshonacomedy.com. Yeah. I've had a little look on there which is very good. Um, it came up with a subscription box, never miss an update, uh, to which I've subscribed. Oh, thank Although you. I, wa I wasn't aware of what I'm subscribing to because it didn't stipulate what the update was. Oh. Um, yeah, I should really keep my, my website a bit more updated. <laughs> It's good. Um, I mean, you know, it's good. I'm just... Do, I'm, do I'm you know, just you're nitpicking. right. I should use the mail and... 
the theory is that I should use that mailing list to tell people about upcoming gigs that I've got coming. I've got quite a lot coming up in the Glasgow Comedy Festival. I've got a great fringe venue. I should be emailing people telling them that. The truth is I've not actually sent an email out to that email address like ever, like that mailing list. Do you have an email autoresponder service? No. Like, yeah, there's various ones like MailChimp, ActiveCampaign and stuff like that, which sends out emails automatically. I might have that sort of thing through my website package. I'm, I'm going to include that information, how to do all that in my course. Um, but that's definitely something that would be worth doing um, because you could send out information to all of your fans automatically without you doing anything. Well, just type one email and it automatically gets sent to everyone on a certain date. Um, so that's cool. Um, I'm going to definitely include that in my coursework. Subscription-wise, when you said never miss an update, it is important that if you're going to send emails to um, make sure that people are willingly subscribed, you know, don't just add email addresses to your list, um, especially with this GDPR nonsense where all the data is like, you know, people have to basically subscribe. If you if you spam people, it can really hurt your um, IP address. Unfortunately, and, and the reality is even people that have signed up don't really get emails from me. <laughs> Not so far. No, I, 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 get, I get you, but this is important information because – if you do set up an email subscription service and you, you add people to your list that haven't actually subscribed and then they report you as spam, it can hurt your IP address. And Yeah, and when, you can get a fine as well, can't you? Um, well, I wasn't thinking so much about fine. Is that the, the, you could have like um, your email service provider might sort of punish you by treating you as a spammer and not delivering your emails to all the people that's on your list, which is could be devastating. Yeah. yeah. So that that's why when I said to you, I'll get your email, but I'll not use it without you know your permission. I don't actually have email list set up yet. I'm myself working on doing a subscription service, but I've had to go through a lot of different services to find out which is the right one for me. And that's important because a lot of people are trying to find out what's the right way to do things. But what you have to ask yourself is what's the right way to do things for yourself. But there's people out there using MailChimp, which is free to a point until you have a certain size list. And then you have to start charging for, um, and so on. But yeah, I'm going to include all stuff like that in my coursework. So People well, sign can, me up um, and there won't be a GDPR problem because I really do want to sign up for that. Okay, I, I don't have a thing to, for you to sign up to yet. I'm working on it at the moment. This is like podcast Put number me down two. when you get one and I can be your first client. Oh, for sure. Anyone that I interview is going to get the information that I'm putting out, um, but it, I'll be doing it privately. I won't be just adding you to an email list that you haven't subscribed to. And then I'll send you a link where you can subscribe if you want. So you won't be forgotten about. You won't be forgotten about. But it has to be voluntarily um, subscribed. So awesome. Um, I wanted to ask as well, how do you see yourself in the future? Less fat. Comedy? 
No, I mean, oh. with regards to comedy. <laughs> you know, what does he stop uh, doing? I just, I love what I'm doing. I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I want to, yeah, More just shows. get lots of gigs. More shows, bigger venues. Love all that, yeah. Who's your favourite comedian? Oh, that's a really hard one. Um. Because there's comedians that are big names and then comedians that I see quite a lot of who I find hilarious that you probably won't have heard of. Right. So, um, do you know, I saw this comedian, my favourite joke that I can't tell you because it's not my joke is by a comedian who isn't really a known name. He's called Christopher Casey. He's, he, he is if you frequent the Scottish comedy community a lot. Mm. Um, he's got this amazing joke about soup. And I can't tell you what the joke is because it's not mine. Right. But I just think it's really good. Uh, it's really hard to do clean comedy. Really, really tough. And he's actually quite good at that. Mm. And it's not everybody's favourite. And, you know, people that are really active in the comedy world might be there's, you know, all these up and coming people that are just amazing. That's a weird choice. But comedy is subjective. And, um, you know, that, that's just something that particularly appeals to me. Yeah. It's hard to do clean comedy, I think. Have you ever heard of mm -hmm. a podcast called Guys We Fucked? No. Right, it's about these two women. They're comedians in America, and it's become a really popular podcast. You can't listen to it on, like, Spotify or iTunes or whatever because they've moved over to um, Luminary, and Luminary is a subscription podcast. So you have to subscribe okay. to Luminary to listen to their podcasts. And if okay. you listen to like them or Russell Brand or whoever, you have to pay to listen to their podcasts. But they used to be on the normal podcast where you could listen to free, uh, for free. And um, they was all about the sex stuff and the LGBTQ+, plus whatever, all of that. Um, but they was really funny, and, and they touched on a lot of subjects and even – you know the darkest sort of areas i say dark i mean like you know we're talking like um anal probing and fisting and all that kind of stuff i mean they really went into it all um but they ended up having to give a lot of advice to listeners there was answering it's really dark if you've got the lights off <laughs> they were answering emails from people saying i've got all these problems what can i do and all this and they became like sort of comedy agony ants sort of thing but they were really good um they were really good, uh, and you should definitely check out their podcast. I recommend them. Maybe I'll have them on the podcast one day. Um, but the it sounds really interesting. Me. It is. They inspired me because they just didn't give a fuck. They was completely real, and they talk, you know, about whatever they need to be talking about. I mean, they didn't just talk about sex. They were talking about like, uh, you know, those bikes on the street that you rent. And yeah. crash into cars and then sue people and things. All kind of crazy stuff. But it was, it was good. That was one of my favorite podcasts. And then they moved to Luminary and I don't listen to them anymore. And fuck you. Anyway, so. <laughs> Maybe they'll come um, back when they hear you. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think Luminary is trying to be like the Netflix of podcasting, where you have to mm -hmm. subscribe and hear all, like, the best stuff. And I think they're probably trying to get all the best podcasters on their site so that everyone goes there. 
But at the end of the day, there's there's too many podcasts, and I think that they're they're it's a good business model, but it's unfair because most people won't subscribe to listen to a podcast. Some people will, but most people won't. Do you know what I mean? They're just like I think there's so much good content out there that people might not be willing to pay for it when they're getting so much quality content for free. Exactly, and it's grown exponentially as well. They'll have a trouble keeping up with all the best people. And to be honest, I think if they're getting people like Russell Brand and so on, who are famous names, they're going to be at the top of the market sort of area. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? They, they, they'll get all the big names. If people want to listen to the big names, they'll have them. But um, if you're kind of in the middle tier, then you'll probably be okay. If you have a podcast, people will listen to you. If you're becoming very famous, maybe they will try and cherry pick you and put you into Luminary like as if you're a chosen one or something. <laughs> but uh, for now, I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. Um, at the end of the day, it's it for me. It's not about the money making. It's not about the being big and famous and all that kind of. Do you want to get that? No, one second. I can hopefully on, pause it. it. <laughs> It'll just be a second. It'll pass. It's anonymous. Hello? It's not going to pick up. It's not a number that I recognise. Oh, hey, you want some money? Please call us back on. <laughs> have you been involved in a car accident in the last five years do you know what i've started doing with these crank calls is i've started recording them and just saying really weird things to them to see how long it is like till they pick it up yes and I've been, yes i've been meaning to put it up on my comedy page but i'm not good at editing videos so i've been recording it on my ipad and i've not really got them up yet but i have this amazing one and I need to edit it because it's too long. And I had a woman call me and she told me that I hadn't paid my tax. And I knew that I had. I know my tax affairs. And she was trying to scam me. And I was just telling her, you know, my name was Mrs. Bobag, And that <laughs> I was just out of jail for two weeks for cutting a scammer's head off. And, do you know, it, it was such a, it's such a weird story because she said, why did you cut his head off and stuff? And she asked me to send and I said do you want to see a picture of the murder weapon and she gave me a phone number to whatsapp so whatsapp did a picture of a big knife and me holding it going <laughs> with serial killer face this whole thing oh, like, and, and this woman becomes really concerned about my mental well-being and we end up in this standoff where she has to either come out as a scammer or I have to come out as a comedian that's winding it up on the phone. It gets so weird. It's brilliant, but I just need it all edited and I don't know how to do all of that. Oh, that sounds cracking. Um, editing podcasts. Uh, Alitu is good for that. Yeah. A-L-I-T-U. Um, yeah, I know how to switch my phone on. <laughs> <laughs> um, editing software. Yeah. I got Alex some done good. on Fiverr. I met this guy on Fiverr who done a lot of good work for me because I've done comedy, bilingual comedy that needed subtitles and uh, just a few sketches and he put them on for me and he was great and he'd done the editing and it wasn't expensive. Right. Uh, there's guys on Fiverr 
um, that's quite cheap for do to do editing. Um, I, tr- I tried Fiverr for some of the editing stuff um, from a previous podcast, but it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, and I ended up ditching the old business podcast anyway um, for the comedy stuff. Um, but there's so many people out there that have got loads of different talents on exactly what you're looking for. I watched some of your YouTube stuff, which was quite good, and on your website as well. And I've looked at your LinkedIn. I think I could probably give you a bunch of tips that could help you just increase your social media profiles quite a lot. But with cool. regards with, with, with regards to um, people that you can work with, I'd recommend Fiverr or Upwork if you're looking for people that can do audio stuff for you. I can do some stuff myself because I've I've been with computers since Atari 2600. I'm not a tech wizard. I'm not an IT specialist, but I've always been interested in computers and all the stuff related to it. When you're trying to promote yourself, it's important to understand that you are a brand your name is a brand, what you're doing is a brand, and people relate to the brand. And the brand is how people feel about you and talk about you when you're not around. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's not about being popular. It's just the, you You be you, and then people will decide what they think about you, how they feel about you, and they respond accordingly. But if you have people that's projecting you in the right light, and the right sound, it's really helpful because you want to be seen a certain way. You're trying to portray yourself as a certain theme or idea. Then find find the right person that understands what you're about and that can accelerate you with their skills, with their audio or video editing and all that kind of stuff. For my vision from for the podcast, um, hopefully that's going to come across as exciting and well, I want to hear some more. But it, it's 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 down to personal taste. But again, you you got to put yourself into it. Don't try and like twist it into something that you're not. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Because there's a big thing with comedy. I think you've got to find your own audience and find your own people rather than try to be somebody else or do a kind of comedy that doesn't suit you do your own sense of humor get your own and you will and not everybody's going to like you no matter how good you are or how bad you are it's totally about getting your own audience oh half the people's going to hate you and half the people's going to love you but that's what i'm saying just you, you have to be yourself and just put yourself forward um, before you go, I wanted to make sure that everyone who's listening understands what you're about and how to get in contact with you if they want to work with you or promote you or just find out more about you. Um, so Cool. Um, <laughs> well, I've got different gigs. I've got my website, but that's probably not as up to date as it should be. I've got my social media page. People can contact me on Lady Shona Comedy. Um, Yeah, I'm always looking for new opportunities. I love doing my gig in. I'm known to organise a good comedy night. Yeah, so probably I'm on Instagram and Twitter, Lady Shona Comedy on everything pretty much. LinkedIn. I know 
I know your 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 website's ladyshonacomedy.com. Yeah. I'll put I'll put that in the show notes. Um you're on Facebook as well, Lady Shona Comedy. Yeah. And Twitter. And you're on Instagram as well? Yeah. What's your handle on Instagram? I think it might be at Shona Lawson. At Shona Lawson. I'll make sure I've got all these right before I actually do the transcript. Um, but it's kind of weird because when I was starting the, the comedy pump, I had comedy pump for everything except Twitter. Someone already has that, but they're not using it. They haven't used it in years, but it's really annoying, so I couldn't have it. So I had to do at Grant's Bants instead. Um, so sometimes you have the odd social media that's a little bit different to the rest of them. But uh, I'll, I'll make sure I put all your links on the social media anyway. What What are you hoping to do moving forward with the comedy from now? I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. Um, I want to do more gigs. I want to improve. I want to be doing bigger gigs. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Right. So if you had your ideal gig, what would that look like? Oh, gosh, what's my ideal gig? Um, I love a really big crowded room because it makes the atmosphere amazing. Um, I love a really laughy, happy audience that's right up for it, right in the mood. I like if I'm doing a solo show, I want a full hour of laughter and then I go home happy as anything. So headline act? Um, I think all comedians want that. And I do, I have done headlining like some gigs, some smaller gigs and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that it's harder to get more established for women. Um, yeah. And I've got to be realistic about that. And sometimes you've got to create your own opportunities and your own magic. And I'm quite well aware of that. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I've got a good say. I've got good stuff. And just need to keep going out there and building on it. And I know you, you do travel around because you've been to Liverpool, at least, I've seen. Um, but how far are you willing to travel? I got asked to go and do a cruise ship last year, in fact, the start of this year. Um, and that was going to take me all around Iceland and everywhere else. And I was totally devastated because I really wanted to go and do it because I was getting to go every night. And it was going to be amazing. But unfortunately, I do, I've do. i got a lot of caring responsibilities at home. Right. And my mum wasn't too well at the time. And I just couldn't have left her with all the horses and stuff. So maybe another time. The last lady that I interviewed, uh, Raylene, um, she actually is after the the cruise ships. She wants to be on the cruise ships and do comedy on there, um, which I thought was amazing. But um, obviously, if you if you've got care responsibilities, you, can, you can't do that kind of stuff. So, how far out would you be willing to travel? Anywhere in the world, pretty much. I think at that time as well, it's hard. My daughter was working away in the Netherlands, so. She wasn't around to help. If it had been another, any other point in time, I probably could have gone. I'd go anywhere. All right. So, so you're quite flexible then. Just in case anyone wants to inquire, but I'll include all your social links um, and hopefully somebody will click on your stuff. Well, if they do, say hello. Heard you on the podcast. They could well, give us the little standing together emoji. I, I, I won't. I won't need to say hello because what's going to happen is when the podcast goes out, people will be able to listen to it. They'll 
be able to check the show notes and there'll be links in the show notes that will link to the stuff that you do your website and your social links and all and they'll go and visit that and maybe be in touch through whatever avenue they want to be in touch with you through so awesome that that's the plan in the meantime i'm going to keep constructing the interview chats and the coursework to help people to boost their their social presence and the podcast basically is designed to help the audience connect with the comedians understand them hear the story and sort of like be okay yeah i like this person i'm going to follow them and and all of that so that's the whole purpose of this is there anything that you wanted to add before we leave um for people that need to know about your shizzle no i'm kind of think we've covered it all i've got stuff coming up i'm always going to be at the fringe um, I'm doing comedy nights all over Scotland. I can organise them. Any journalists want to come and review my shows, then totally I would be up for that. Right. And so definitely anyone listening, if you want to check out Lady Shona, go to ladyshonacomedy.com, sign up for her subscription service where she will uh, let you know what's coming in the future. One day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, thanks very much Shona for being on the podcast and we'll talk to you again maybe soon one day excellent thanks so much it was so nice Grant cheers Shona see you later bye that's it for today Pumpers don't forget to leave a written review on Apple or wherever you listen give the show some stars leave some feedback or suggestions any reviews that catch my attention might just get a shout out on the show stay awesome Hey, and don't forget to subscribe.